Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley R. Padgett. We've got a short one for you this week. Over one year ago, I was joined on this very program by Spice Spiegel, the promoter behind Black Girl Magic. At that time, we talked about the first Black Girl Magic show that she was planning, a card featuring entirely Black women wrestlers. One year and a couple of months later, she ran Black Girl Magic 2. That happened this past Friday in New York City. It was coming very soon to a streaming service near you. I chatted with Spice this week about the card, Trisha Dora versus Karen Bam Bam in the main event, Thick and Juicy 2.0 versus Estrella and Maserati, Jordan Blade and Bonesaw Brooks in a pure rules match. We talk about that. We talk about how she planned the show, how it came together, about her thoughts on black women and the major promotions today, and whether or not there will be a Black Girl Magic 3 in 2023. Oh, and also Faye Jackson came out of retirement. Yeah, how did this one compare to the first one, which was just over a year ago, right? June of last year? Yeah. That was your first time ever running a show. Yes, it was. So the second one's got to be a little bit smoother. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little bit smoother, and it was a lot smoother being in an area that is more uh, welcoming. Nothing against, like, Jersey, but, like, the area that um, the first one was in does not compare to where it was this year. The first one will always be special because it was the first one, and this one was special because, like, it, like, solidified that this is something that can actually work. And this one was in the Bronx, so this is, like, your home territory. Oh, um, it was in Brooklyn, but, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm from Canada, so it's all the same to me. <laughs> no, it was same here. I was from Ohio. I thought literally New York City was all of it. I didn't know boroughs until, like, I moved here. But I wanted to ask about the location, because I've seen, I haven't seen the show yet, obviously. It's going to be coming to Title Match Network this week? I don't know if it's this week. Sometime very soon, though. But I've seen a little bit of photos and videos on your Twitter page, and where was where was the location? Because it looks like you literally just set up a ring in, like, a courtyard. Uh, yeah, it was a school courtyard. The owner of Battle Club, Joaquin, helped me with the technical side of it, which jo- Joaquin is... A great person. If you haven't seen Battle Club stuff, you know, Battle Club does great things. And we have, like, similar kind of looks on wrestling, which is really cool to work with. They work at that school and, you know, set it up to where they could also have wrestling events at that school. So it's pretty cool. So those are, like, university buildings surrounding the ring. It looks like it looked like apartments in the, the footage that I watched. It, I think it's, like, a high school, I believe. Yeah, it's like a, it's a high school, I think. So obviously class wasn't in session 
Friday evening in August. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but just, yeah, such a cool visual, and the weather held up, obviously. Yeah, it was really cool to have at night. I was at first a little hesitant about nighttime, but, like, looking back on it now, it's it was it's cool, it's different, and it gave it, like, a different feel, which is cool. I feel like the first one gave a different feel video-wise. This one gave a different feel, like, location-wise, so I can't. I'm kind of thinking of ideas for the third one to kind of make it a little different and putting a little artistic touch on it. Hmm. In the Statue of Liberty. Oh, you know, that would be really nice, too. Right in the, right in the torch. Yeah. I don't know if I could get away with that, though. That may, that may be a little pricey. So, as I said, the first Black Girl Magic was June of last year. This one is uh, August of this year. How? When did you start planning this one? Like, at, immediately after the first one, do you think, oh, I have to do another or did it take a couple of months before you started thinking about it again? After the first one, I'll be honest, I was, like, really burnt out. I didn't even know if I wanted to do that or, like, pursue wrestling still. Um, there's a bunch of things going on. And it wasn't until maybe, like, November, December-ish where I made a couple of changes in my life that I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it right. Like, the first one, it worked. I feel like it caught people's eyes. If it wasn't for J-Rose and Lovely, if they didn't pick it up and do the re the rewatch on IWTV, I don't know if there would have been a second one because I was, you know, I've seen things in wrestling that I wasn't happy with or I didn't know how to deal with to help me make a decision on making a second one. Also, if it wasn't for Brother Greatness or Hertz from Talk of Champions, uh, Shantice and Stan, I don't think this would have been as successful the second one wouldn't have been as successful as it was so did you approach this one differently what did you like what lessons do you take away from the first one that you maybe did differently this time around a lot of people will give you a lot of good ideas but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to do all of them is something that i learned also like just finding what the heart of what black girl magic was to me which is i want to show the world that there are these Women wrestlers, they're all different. They all look different. They all act different. We're not just, like, that stereotypical black woman in wrestling. And they all can go. And I feel like I keep on proving that. And I hope to find, like, more people that I can help showcase. Because I feel like these wrestling shows, they're special. Like, people want me to do them, like, more than one time a year. And to me, if... To me, if I first of all, if I did them more time, more than one time a year, I think I would be absolutely insane. But I think it would like lose that specialness to them, if you get what I mean. People want more of it because it's only happening one time a year, you know. Last year had the big main event with Jazz competing before she retired. How did you decide, or how did you know that this year's main event needed to be Trisha Dora versus Karen Bam Bam? Because I feel like Karen is one of those people that I don't understand why she's not somewhere bigger than what she is. Because she is something completely and utterly different that we have not seen. People like her are always put into this box of, like, you have to be a monster. And she's not. She's something different she, that we haven't seen before in wrestling. And to give her, like, the platform to showcase that and what she did. And I cannot wait until people watch it on title match. She got, like, a whole WrestleMania entrance. Like, she showed out. She showed that she could go. And that's kind of, like, what I genuinely want to show is that these people are 
they're special. And when I spoke to you last year, I think you had just kind of been in the early stages of your own wrestling career. How's that going? I'm now like kind of almost ready to get out there. I, I feel like I'm almost ready to get out there now that this big thing uh, is like out of the way for now until next year. I think I'm like ready ready to uh, get out there a little bit. Yeah, because I was going to say, there's, I mean, there's a grand tradition in wrestling of the promoter putting themselves over. So obviously you have to wrestle at the third show, right? Oh uh, yeah, I still don't know. I did. I put myself in a box, like a corner, where I said I was never going to. But I guess if 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 it makes sense, I'll do it. I guess. But if it doesn't, I'm totally fine with just you know running these shows. <laughs> I don't, hmm, see, I want to talk about the card. I haven't seen it yet, and I also don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it too much. Maybe who on the card, because this was a big-name card, right? We've got TV superstars like Will Nightingale and Trisha Dora and Jordan Blade on the card. Who's maybe a hidden gem, somebody that hasn't had that kind of exposure yet, but who you think people should definitely be keeping an eye on? Bone saw is someone that came to the, that was the first person that came to my head, Bonesaw. Bonesaw should be, Bonesaw is like fantastic. And it's weird to me how they didn't catch on like fire. Anastasia, Morningstar and Scarlet were, were really good. Also, that's, that's someone I would say, those are people that I would also say. Also Strella, she's, she's like a, she's entertaining. She was in the first one. And she was in the second one again, and so was Maserati. I would say, yeah. Also, Brooke Valentine. She's great. She's so entertaining. I, she's entertaining as a face. She's entertaining as a heel. Like basically everyone on the card. I feel like everyone on the on the card should be somewhere bigger at this point. Yeah, I feel like uh, everyone. You know, other than you know, I'm glad Willow is on television, and Trish is just she's a journey woman. But yeah, it's I'm I'm glad that a person that I choose for the shows and I wish I could choose all of them honestly but like it's to showcase you know something like you know last year Jocelyn Navarro was amazing how tiny she is but how strong she is so yeah I can't wait until to start watching and seeing for next year and you're already scouting for next year obviously you're keeping an eye on on women around uh, America especially who could possibly make a splash yeah, I mean, I, I never say never to anything, because when you do, then you end up actually doing it. But, uh, yeah, I, I also just kind of, you know, you never know what is going to be around or who's going to be around. So, yeah, always keep an eye out. All right, so I know that we can't believe everything that we read on the Internet. But I read on the Internet that Faye Jackson came out of retirement. What can you comment when she told me, I cried. I went to the bathroom and cried a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> because Faye, I feel like I feel like Black Girl Magic, of course, is like, you know, it's great that I'm like synonymous to this. But when I thought of like Black Girl Magic, the two people I, I straight up thought about easily was Karen and Faye. Like they were the reason why I wanted to do this to show that all these girls, they're different. And... Unfortunately, I couldn't have Faye on the first one because she retired, but she still came to show support and she's helped me. And Karen also has helped me throughout my little baby career. She's the one who got me started at the first place and 
when I moved to the other place to, to be with her training there, she helped me make the shift. And so to like, you know, next year have Faye come out of retirement for like my little old project when people have been asking her, I'm, I'm thankful. I, I don't have any words to put it, but like, I'm, I'm thankful and yeah, like, wow, I don't really have words for it, honestly. The wrestling landscape, the past couple of years, it feels like things have really grown and changed so quickly. When we, we started this podcast three years ago, there was, a, there was a handful of like queer representation in the big companies. But once every year, it feels like trans representation wasn't a thing at all three years ago. And now there's enough, a number of talent that are out there getting their faces shown and doing things. So it almost feels like Faye was part of that wave where she was like one year too early, one year later. And she would have been, she would have been on AEW dark. She would have been making appearances for impact and doing these big things where as representation in all capacities has really grown. It feels like she almost missed the bubble just slightly. So this, this is really cool. Yeah, I'd say she's definitely like a, a a cornerstone or whatever you call those things. She's definitely a a person that sh- definitely needs her flowers because she's put in a lot of work. So a lot of us could be where we are. As a fan, what are your favorite promotions right now for Black women? Ooh, that's that's a tough question. Majors or indies for sure. Like uh, our listening audience on the show watches a lot of in, like IWTV and uh, YouTube and things like that. Battle Club is really good at bringing in people of di- uh, diverse. They have Swole as their Icons champion. And they just had, over the weekend on Saturday, um, Big Swole versus Mia Yim, which was really cool to watch. Enjoy showcases a lot of... I, I like Enjoy as like a whole, not with like just, you know, black women. Pizza Party was another one that happened over the weekend, but I genuinely like what they're doing. I watch all of their indie shows. I, oh yeah, I actually was thinking this week about Women's Wrestling Army because the latest episode had Gia Scott, Janai Kai, um, uh, Queen Aminata and Trish have been featured a lot there along with Brooke and Jordan Blade. Yeah, I I have not got to watch them yet though. I want to. I just haven't got to watch it yet. What about the what about the majors? Is it feels like with Vince McMahon gone we're going to hope that things are probably going to be a little bit better in WWE. There's rumors that Naomi and Sasha might be returning. AEW's women's division is a hot mess, but Jade is one of the three women who actually does get featured on a regular basis. Are things getting any better there compared to, say, a year ago, two years ago? With the majors, I feel like the problem lies within the um, storytelling. To me, I want... If someone is being used, the reason of why they're being used or the story that they're telling to me is more important than, I guess, not, I don't, I feel like I'm going to word this weird. So like, to me, it's like the story, I don't want them to just bring back Sasha and Naomi to bring them back. You know, if they bring them back and they're part of like, you know, a story to me, that's more special. Like I felt like everyone was mad. Like, for example, everyone was mad when Bianca Belair lost the title to Becky in like the, the couple seconds or whatever. Yeah. 17 seconds. (laughs) 
I was also like, what the hell? But then I started to see like, oh, they're telling the story. And to me, that story was like one of the biggest stories of the year. I loved that story. It made me feel, it made me feel for once. And I appreciate, and I feel like that's something in wrestling that is being lost is people are so worried about what cool things can we do? Like a cool moment, like, but they don't ever like make you feel feel like how old wrestling, I guess, or the wrestling in nineties were. I feel like women's moments now are like they're happening so much that it's hard to like process it. When it comes to like, you know, Naomi and Sasha, I hope that when they come back it's for a uh, for a reason that they have that story that they wanna tell and I hope they finally get to tell that story. And showcase, I guess, different types of characters as well, right? Show that there's not a sole black woman archetype in wrestling anymore. I mean, that's what your card really accentuates, right? Karen Bam Bam, Trisha Dora, Maserati, Jordan Blade, completely different from each other. Each one of those women, women completely different in terms of look, in terms of style, in terms of personality. Yeah. And if you didn't see Jordan Blade's promo for her match for Black Girl Magic, it was it was really good. I I suggest I recommend watching it. So Black Girl Magic three definitely happening next summer sometime. Yes, don't I don't have a date for it. No, obviously <laughs> <laughs> next summer sometime in New York. I don't want to set like any like presidents because I I don't know it is going to happen. I don't know where or when, but so I guess sometime in the summer. So we'll see. <laughs> in the meantime, where should people follow you for updates on that and your own career? So I'm currently on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Spice Spiegel, and it's S-P-I-C-E-S-P-I-E-G-E-L. That's how you spell my name. Okay, and you'll be you'll definitely be tweeting out as soon as Black Girl Magic is available to stream. Yes, I definitely will. You can follow us, me, us, the whole Glitterati, on Twitter or Instagram at Grit Glitter Pod. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Grit Glitter Pod. For $1, $5, or $10 a month, you can help support us keep this podcast going. As you hear, no ads. We take your money. We put a little bit towards funding this podcast, keeping the lights on. The rest of it we use to support your favorite wrestling promotions, like Wrestler's Lab, like Enjoy Wrestling, like so many others. $1 gets you a weekly newsletter written from all the members of the Glitterati. $5 gets you bonus podcasts. Coming in the next two weeks, Emily and Valerie Kors have the next episode of their podcast, Grit, Glitter, and Glow, where they are rewatching the Netflix series Glow. And in the next two weeks, a brand new episode, episode eight, of women's wrestling entertainment. There are already seven episodes up there of that for you Patreon listeners. Episode eight is coming. That's the podcast where Emily and I trace the history of women in the WWE. Episode eight coming very soon. It takes us up until the summer of 1989. The mega powers form. The mega powers implode. Rock and Robin, Sensational Sherry, and the end of the WWF women's tag team titles. All of that in a jam-packed episode coming to you $5 patrons very soon. And $10 gets you all of that, plus archival footage, old episodes of our pre-Grin Glitter podcast, Talking Honor, where we covered the history of Ring of Honor, 
from 2017 to 2019-ish, off the top of my head. I think that's the window there. Support us on Patreon if you can. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe regardless. That's free, and that means so much to us. It helps us get this podcast out there to more people because we do this every single week, every Tuesday, new episodes of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We've been doing this for a while now, and we're not stopping anytime soon. Next week on the show, it's the third installment of our series within a series. We call it Living Legends, where we go for a deep, deep dive on the life and career of some of your favorite women out there in the world today. Previous installments saw us go deep on Veda Scott and Mercedes Martinez next week by request. The female fighting phenom jazz.